Jesus House in Pursuit of God Discovering Purpose Maximizing Potential Impacting Lives This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London God bless you Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. We glorify your name, O oh Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We worship you, O oh God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke's Gospel, the 17th chapter. Luke's Gospel, the 17th chapter. Verse 11, and, and as he went on his way to Jerusalem, it occurred that Jesus was passing along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into one village... He was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. And they raised up their voices and called, Jesus, Master, take pity, um, the Amplified Classic says, and have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go at once and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cured and made clean. Then one of, the, one of them, upon seeing that he was cured, turned back recognizing and thanking and praising God with a loud voice. And he fell prostrate at Jesus' feet, thanking him over and over, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was there no one found to return and to recognize and give thanks and praise to God Accept this alien. And he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith, your trust and confidence that spring from your belief in God has restored you to health. couple of things very quickly. Just wanted to deposit these in your spirit. First thing is that when you read the first two verses, it can seem like it was a chance encounter. As Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, he just happened to be passing along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into one village, he met ten lepers. Now, it can seem like it was a chance encounter. There were more important things for Jesus. He was heading to Jerusalem. The, the way to Jerusalem just took him along the border. As he walked along the border, there just happened to be a village in front of him, and he went into that village, and then he encountered ten lepers. But I'm sure you know that's not the case. I'm sure you know that this was planned. This was planned from before the foundations of the earth, that Jesus' steps were never haphazard. They were ordered by the Spirit of God in accordance with the plan of heaven. So it was the plan of heaven that ten lepers should encounter Jesus on that day. Now for 35 days, you've been uh, coming here every single evening, those of you who are here, 
And if you haven't, if you're not here, you've been, you've been logging on onto one of the platforms every single day. Now, sometimes you can think in your mind that you were orchestrating it. It was you who logged on. It was you who got into your car and, dr and drove here. But I just want you to know that all that happened was ordered by God. Yeah, it was planned. It was purposed. Your footsteps were ordered by God. And whatever encounters have taken place were encounters that were orchestrated by heaven. Certainly couldn't have been orchestrated from the pits of hell because those encounters are to change you, bless you, position you, um, set, th set things aright in your family, um, encounters that used you as an intercessor for the church and the nation. So the first thing is to understand that it's ordered by God. There's no chance encounter. Um, the, 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 it, from the plan in heaven was that the ten lepers should have an, an encounter. And when they had the encounter, the second thing, they realized that Jesus is the solution. Um, the Bible says they raised up their voices and cried out to him. Uh, there must have been many people who walked by, but they didn't, they didn't necessarily, they, I don't think they cried out to any one of them. But when they saw Jesus, they knew that he can make the difference. And so the Bible says they cried out to him. And I think there's a part that we have, that we have to play in our crying out. Um, call unto me, God says, Jeremiah 33, verse 3. If we don't call unto him, then we can't, I mean, he's part of, 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 the, of, the, of the deal, of the transaction, of the relationship is triggered as we call unto him. So they cried out to him, have mercy on us. They also thought that he had the capacity to. Yeah, that's the third thing, that he had the capacity to. It wasn't a, a shot in the dark. They, they recognized that he has the capacity to change this situation. He has the capacity um, to make a difference. So our calling out to him is not in vain, yeah, that he has the capacity to. Um, I think Hebrews 11 verse 6 drives that home. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is who he says he is. He has the capacity to do what he says he will do. We believe the word as to what the word says about him. And then we believe that he rewards the fact that we, are, we have come to him. So the Bible says, well, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. Um, he responds as we uh, open up our hearts, reach out to him. Um, look for him and you will find him. Find, look for him and find him while it is still within that time for us to look for him and find him. There's, a, there, there's something that we have to do, recognizing that, that capacity. The fourth thing um, is that he gave them an instruction, number four, and the instruction did not seem like it was going to solve the problem. But in, this, in the way that things were, the instruction was just basically to test their obedience. Um, if we say we trust him, then when he says, come, then we step out of the boat on water, even though there's a storm and we've never heard of anyone walking on water. So he says to them, 
These are people who are, who are leprous. They've got leprosy. And he says to them, they're crying out for their healing. Have mercy on us. You know, take pity on us. Do something about our situation. And isn't it like him that he doesn't address it immediately a lot of the times? He addresses something else that needs to be put in place. Something else that might be the real problem. And he says to them, okay, it's almost like I've heard your cry for your healing, but uh, why don't you do this first? Go and show yourself uh, to the priest. Now, what he was asking them was based on the word that they had. So he will never ask us to do anything that can't line up with his word. He's not going to say to you, go and marry somebody else's wife just to prove your obedience to me. No. Everything he says will line up with his word. But it will test our hearts to ourselves. And so he says to them, go at once. And I love the Amplified Classic because most of the other, other versions don't add the at once. There's a certain, you know, it's, it's like immediate, you know, trust me, move, go at once. Do what I say you should do. Um, and show yourselves to the priest. Now, the fifth thing is that it was as they went in obedience, as they did what he said, as they took the step of faith, as they, whatever it is he has said, sowed the seed, as they uh, um, took the step, uh, left where they should be, went to where they should be, even though it, it might not have made sense to them because, we're, the, Lord, we're talking about the healing of leprosy. I mean, it, it, in fact, it was actually challenging because if they got to the priests and they were still leprous, their situation was worse because they would have broken the law by coming into the pre presence of the priest still leprous. But then they obeyed. As they obeyed, um, there is a blessing in obedience. Every time we hear God and we obey, there is a blessing. There's an inherent blessing in every instruction of obedience. Oftentimes, the blessing we desire is wrapped up in an instruction that asks us to obey. And so, they obey. And the Bible says, as they went in their obedience, the miracle happened. May your miracle happen in your obedience. Uh, I don't know if somebody heard me here. May your miracle happen in your obedience. Once you purpose to do it. You know, interestingly, there are times when you haven't even done it. You've just decided in your heart that I'm going to do that thing God said. And because God sees the heart, he knows you're going to do it. And the miracle happens in the obedience. And, and so the miracle happened to them in the obedience. And they were healed. And then an interesting thing happens. Nine of them see their healing recognize their circumstances has, has, has changed. Recognize that their prayer has been answered. God has done it. And these are not bad guys as we think. They are just normal people like a lot of us are. And a couple of things must have happened and we don't know exactly what. But I, I, I read this and I always hazard guesses as to what happened. I guess one of them probably would have thought to himself, is it, is it really Jesus that did this in that sense? Wasn't I already starting to heal? And a lot of times we give the credit for the miracle of God to other things. To the fact that, you know, sometimes we forget that 
literally everything we experience is a miracle of God. So when it's the small things, we forget totally. You know, we credit our intellect, our decision-making, our choices. Sometimes we credit other people. And maybe one of them would have credited the priests, perchance, or whoever they credited. And it might not even have been anything like that. It might have just been good-natured people who thought, I really should thank him, but I'll do it later. You know, it might have just been good-natured people who were just overwhelmed by what had happened and all the things that they desired to do, that they ran off to just get on with life. I, I can finally get back into the community, finally get married, you know, finally, you know, you know, finally get into the community of people. I can move on with my life. And, you know, the list goes on and on and on. I suspect there'd be someone there who would be so religious and he would say, well, he told us to go to the priests. So let's obey and go to the priests first and show ourselves. And get the, along the way, probably got, got carried away. I don't know what was in their minds, but I know that the Bible says there was one, just one of them, who in his heart, the Bible says, upon seeing that he was cured, upon seeing that what he desired had happened, turned back. You know, hadn't even gotten to the priest. But on his way to the priest, he, he saw that this had happened. And suddenly, every other thing seemed unimportant to this one person. That for this to have happened, for this door to have opened, for this provision to have come, for this miracle to have, to have, to have come my way, for this prayer to have been answered. I can't continue with life. The proper thing is I must go back to the source of this miracle and I must do what is right. And the Bible says he turned back recognizing and thanking and praising God with a loud voice. And I love that particular word recognizing because we can say with our lips, that we do recognize God. We can sing the right songs. You know, we can speak in the right Christianese language. You can do all that stuff. But it's our actions that show that we do recognize Him. Do you recognize Him as the source of that provision? As the source of that protection? Do you recognize Him as the reason why your mind is still intact? Do you recognize Him as the reason why coming through 18 months of a worldwide pandemic that took so many lives, your life is still here. Do you recognize him as the reason why you have the sanity uh, that, that you still have despite having lost a loved one? Uh, do you recognize him? The, the key is recognition. Uh, are you att attributing it to him? Are you attributing the fact that you're still standing to him? Are you attributing the grace of 35 days of fasting to him? Are you, are you attributing, and this is critical, are you attributing the, the fact that you come to prayer and you leave the place of prayer with an assurance by faith in your heart that what you don't see has already happened? Are you attributing that to him? Because it is when we show with our thanksgiving, our thanksgiving is a, is a clear picture. You know, 
when you see someone thanking God, you know that, that and you see it's genuine, it's heartfelt, God looks into the heart, you know that that person is, is saying, I recognize that everything that has happened to me is because of him and his grace. And so it's out of that recognition that he thanked and, and praised him. And he, fell, and, and he thanked and praised God with a loud voice. And you know, it, it's okay to say thank you. Um, I was listening to something where um, someone um, was, was, was making a response um, in a political arena as a, as, 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 and representing the Christian faith and doing a good job at it until he got to a point where you know, they were questioning him about certain expressions in prayer and he was kind of saying, well, I don't, that's not my theology and he went on and on. And I thought, no, 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 you, you, you can't say that. Um, that theology, is, I don't see it in the Bible. I see it in the Bible uh, an expression of prayers that's sometimes quiet, sometimes contemplative, sometimes meditative, sometimes a chant, you know. But I also see some loud praying and some loud thanking God. And so in this case, he came back, and the Bible doesn't make mistakes with words. The Bible said with a loud voice, with a loud voice. If you are standing next to him, you will know that this man is thanking God for something. Yeah, I remember meeting a guy who I thought was excessive because, I mean, I thought, can, are we going to have a conversation? It was, it was a, 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 high, a high official in the government, um, and um, we met, and I thought, we are not going to have a conversation because every two sentences, you're, you're, you're thanking God, telling me, thanking God. I said, so let's forget the conversation. Let me just join you to thank God because this conversation is going nowhere until I heard what happened to him and heard how he had collapsed. He was literally dead for four or five months. He was in a coma and he'd just come out of it. And, you know, he was still a bit slow, but he was coming back and he was back at his desk. When I heard his story, I thought, now, having heard your story, I, I join you. Don't forget the conversation. You, one sentence from you, one sentence from me. Let us just be thanking God because you have no right being here. Amen? And so he thanks him with a loud voice and he falls prostrate at his feet, thanking him over and over again. And then critically, he was a Samaritan. And why was that inserted? It was inserted to help us understand that this was a man who did not understand the protocol of this Jesus thing. He wasn't a Jew. He didn't understand how they did it as Jews. He was a Samaritan. He was an outsider. But there was something in him that said, protocol or no protocol, I don't know whether they fall down before him. I don't know whether they shout at him, thank you. I don't know what they do. But what he has done for me propels me to do this. Pardon me if it breaks your protocol. And so he thanks him and thanks him. And then Jesus asked this question. And, and it's, a, it's a question that really conveys the heart of God. When people say to me that uh, this whole thanksgiving thing you do, is it really that deep? You know, I mean, isn't it a bit excessive? I said, hear God, hear God. This is him asking, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the nine? So please let's not say that it doesn't matter to God. It matters to God. 
when God does something for us, it matters to Him. He keeps a record of those who come back to say thank you. He keeps a record because He's asking, where are the others? Shouldn't they be doing what you're doing? Was there no one found to return and to recognize? He's saying this, your thanksgiving is recognition. We receive it as recognition. It tells us that you understand that it is by mercy, by grace, by compassion that you haven't earned it. It tells us that you understand that an, an awesome prize was paid to allow you to be in the position you're in. It tells us that you appreciate, appreciate the, the price that was paid at Calvary, that you recognize, you attribute what happened to us. Was there no one found to return and to recognize and give thanks and praise to God except this alien, this one who should not have known? Yeah? This one who wasn't a Jew, who didn't understand, you know, the... The, the, the Old Testament writings, but who just felt that this is the right thing to do. Apart from this one, what about those who should understand? And I guess that must be the question that God asks sometimes with the church. That shouldn't they understand what I have done? And shouldn't they be coming back to say thank you? And then, you know, because faith is the currency of our kingdom, I believe that the, the, the greatest determinant of faith, I believe so, is the expression of it in our actions. And I think that, as the Bible says, faith without works is dead. The number one works of faith is not, I'm believing God for, 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 to get married. And so, I've gone online to start to book the halls or the venues that I will use. Thank God for that kind of faith. But I think a deeper dimension is where I am thanking God and God is looking into my heart and he can see that I am thanking him so deeply and so sincerely as if I have already got the ring on my finger. And I use that as an example. It could be any other thing. Now, I feel that that is the ultimate recognition from us. Or, or by the vehicle of faith, the currency of our kingdom. That God, I know. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know, I know, I know. I know it's done. I know you've done it. Now, does that mean that I don't continue to stand in prayer? No, it doesn't mean that. I stop I don't continue in prayer when the Spirit of God tells me not to continue in prayer. The ultimate determinant of how we praise the Spirit of God. You know, people want to make things a formula that if, you've, if you have faith, you can't continue in prayer. No. The Spirit of God can say you have faith, but just keep praying because we are doing some things there. Uh, princes need to move around. We need to knock off some other people. So we know you trust us, but because this is how it works, your prayers are the fuel by which angels move. Just keep praying. So we don't, God is not a formula. It's the spirit that moves us. Hallelujah. Psalms 50 verse 14, the Passion Translation. This is God, yeah? Just assume God is speaking to you. Why don't you bring me the sacrifices I desire? That's God asking you a question. Why don't you bring me 
the sacrifices I desire. Bring me your true and sincere thanks and then show your gratitude by keeping your promises to me, the Most High says. So bring me your thanks. That's, that's what I desire. But then also go and be obedient. Yeah? The things you have said by your mouth, go and do them. Now leave those things with me and then let's see what will happen. So maybe tonight in the time that we have left, um, it's been 35 days, 35 awesome days. Um, we can start by thanking God for the things that we know he has done. But then we move on from there to begin to thank God by faith for the things that he has promised. And we believe that this is the God who, who is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should change his mind. Hallelujah. Um, we want to identify with that one leper that came back. We want to send a message to heaven that we recognize. We recognize that it's you. It's your grace. It's your mercy. It's your compassion. It's your favor. It's your faithfulness. It's your protection. It's your power. It is you completely, O oh God. You made the way. You opened the door. You reminded me, bringing revelation. You ordered my footsteps. And then we move on from there. It is you who made that promise to me. And I believe, Lord, that promise. I want to thank you for that promise that you made to me. And then we just begin to express ourselves in gratitude. Father, we thank you. And Lord, we bless you. We glorify your name, O God. We come before you, O God. The protocol of prayer, um, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. You've done a lot of praying and a lot of supplication. And you will do a lot more in five days. But for where you are, let's bring the with thanksgiving. Just begin to just thank him. No one can thank him better than you. You know, you don't know my issues, so you can't thank him for me. You can do a general thanksgiving. But the specific thanksgiving that, 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 that is specific from my circumstances, you can do that. So I want to do that myself. I just want to thank you, O God. I want to bless you, O God. I look back, Heavenly Father, and I marvel, O God. I marvel at your grace. Can anyone see God's grace? Unmerited favor. I didn't deserve it. Others might think I did, Father, but you know I didn't, O God. Father, you know I, I didn't measure up. You know I dropped the ball, O God. Between you and I, Father, I might have hidden it from every other person, but you know where I dropped the ball, Heavenly Father. You know, Father, when I should have and I didn't. You know what I did. Father, that should have destroyed me, O oh God. But somehow, Lord, mercy prevailed. And here I am, O oh God. Father, having crossed the line, having sinned, committed transgressions, maybe even an abomination. But Father, you spared me, O oh God. I want to thank you, Heavenly Father. I want to thank you for miraculous provision. I took it for granted. Just the fact that I could go to work, Father, at a time, O oh God, when the economy was being shaken, O oh God. Father, I took that for granted. And then maybe I didn't have work to go to. And I sat at home for a few months or maybe many months. But Father, look at me. Somehow you kept me. I can't even explain it. The mathemat mathematics of it doesn't add up. It surely was your grace and your mercy, O oh God. Your mercy, O oh God, sustained me, Heavenly Father. And you know, these are general, but why don't you make them particular for you, O oh God? Just let God know the particular circumstances. Your compassion, Father, just kept me pouring out over my life your compassion heavenly father father who am i oh god that you should treat me like this what have i done heavenly father i don't even qualify but you've chosen to qualify me 
and then you be specific you know what is specific to you just look around and these are general things i'm saying but you know the specifics you know what is an act of mercy an act of grace an act of compassion and then think about his protection just think about his protection what 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 makes you what makes any of us different from that person who through no fault of their own was attacked through no fault of their own had an accident but then maybe even some of us were attacked or had an accident but somehow god preserved you he protected you now what about the things he protected you from that you don't know what about what about the organized hierarchy of hell that hates you and do you know do you know how, how I, I think about it that we sleep i mean when you sleep you are totally helpless helpless if the, if the devils could deal with you it is when you're sleeping but then you sleep like the psalmist says and you wake up because god sustained you every day you wake up is a reason to thank god because at night the demons and the principalities who wanted to harm you something must have kept them at bay something must have formed a ring around you a protection that you can't see a hedge a hedge that you can't see why don't you just thank him for protection and why doesn't somebody thank him for the miracle of provision? Just think about it, you know. How are you where you are? What, 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 makes you, what makes you so special? It's not your intellect. How come you're keeping that job? How come you've got favor in that office? And maybe you don't have favor. But how come, despite not having favor, despite there being some persecution, you're still being kept? How is God providing for you? How has he provided for you? It doesn't make any sense naturally if you apply your mind to it. It has to be the mercies of God, the provision, the protection. What about his faithfulness? You and I know that we haven't measured up on the scales of faithfulness. There are times when we have said we haven't done it like we should, but then he has remained constant, more constant than a northern star. Why don't you thank him for that faithfulness? Just begin to thank him. He, the, 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 the Bible says he came back and recognized him with a loud voice praising him and thanking him go on why don't you just lift your voice wherever you are most of you are at home no one can stop you from lifting your voice and just begin to thank him thank him thank him thank him thank him thank him and, and, and you fasted for so long a lot of you have stepped into new territory in fasting you haven't gone this far what kept you how come you didn't faint yeah, most people thought you couldn't abstain from food for so long or you couldn't press in for so long. Grace sustained you. If the truth be told, most of us look better than when we were eating. That surely has to be the grace of God. And I assure you, most of us are healthier than when we were eating. That surely has to be the grace of God. So why don't you thank Him? Thank Him. And why doesn't somebody thank Him for 35 days of praying? Some have been praying morning and night on both platforms at 6 a.m. and 7.30. You haven't come because of a religious ritual. You're not lifting up empty prayers. You're not praying to a God who's made by the hands of men. You're not praying to a God who's an idol made out of wood or clay or iron. That you have, that he has given you the grace. Think about it. A sinner that he has given the grace just because the sinner is now washed in the blood of Jesus to come into the throne room where he sits on his throne. What about what the word assures you that you come before a throne of grace? Can someone thank him for that? That where I'm going and what is going to be dispensed is grace. It is not judgment that is going to be dispensed, but grace. And that I can come boldly 
I can come as I am boldly because I get a righteousness that is not because of anything that I have done. This is the marvel of Christianity to me, that somebody else pays the price, somebody else sorts it out, and that all I have to do is to receive what has been sorted out. And so I receive an imputed righteousness, and suddenly Aguiruku is made perfect before God. The accuser of the brethren comes but can't find anything in me because the blood of Jesus has washed me and made me perfect. And with the boldness that the Spirit of God gives me, I come boldly before the throne of grace. I get an assurance from Him that some things will happen at this throne of grace, that I will get grace and mercy to help me in my time of need. Why don't you thank Him for that? Why don't you just, even if you're not lying prostrate physically, why don't you lie prostrate in your heart? There's just something about a prostrate heart. And for me, the prostrate heart of my actions always correspond with it. But that's my personal thing. Where I just lie prostrate before Him. It's my way of saying, God, my words have failed me. Let my actions tell you that I am just so grateful. Will someone be prostrate in their hearts? Maybe someone prostrate in the physical before God. But it's not the physical posture. It's the heart posture that is the most important. Are you lying prostrate before that throne and just saying to him, thank you, Lord. Thank you. He says, the Bible says, and he thanked him over and over again. Will you thank him over and over again, over and over again? Will you allow a river of thanksgiving to flow out of you? Will you allow torrents of thanksgiving to come from your lips? Will you let the Spirit give you new words to thank Him? And you know, the Spirit says, when we thank Him in tongues, we thank Him well. And maybe someone will start to thank Him in, in tongues, in that beautiful prayer language. Just thank Him. So you see, your whole body is working together. It is body, soul, and spirit. Your body is expressing what your spirit is telling your soul. Your spirit is telling your soul. Your soul is recounting. Your soul is remembering. Your mind is pulling it back. You're casting your mind back. The Holy Spirit is reminding someone. You've remembered this one and this one and this one. Do you know that there's someone here who knows and someone online who knows that they should be dead? They have no right, 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 no right being alive. But every time that they should have died, because there's a work for them to do, the, the Spirit stepped in, the angels stepped in, provision came, protection came. I don't know if that's you, but please, if it is you, go on, just thank your God, because He's the source. We recognize Him as the source. We recognize Him as the source. We recognize Him as the source of all good things. We don't say it is any other person. No, thank God for the doctors. Thank, thank God for the hospitals. But we are not foolish enough to say it's the hospitals or the doctors. Thank God for the NHS. Amazing people, selfless people. But we know that, that we know that healing comes ultimately from God. Using people and we pray for those people. But we know it is really God. Didn't we, don't we know that the power of life and death is in his tongue? He's the one who decides that a person lives or a person dies. Don't we know that the cattle on a thousand hills is his? The silver and the gold be, belongs to him. Don't we know that he's the one who gives the person power to, to get wealth? Don't we know that if, if, if he puts a hedge of protection around us, there's nothing the enemy can do? Wasn't it the enemy who said to him, he prospers because of the hedge you have put around him. Remove the hedge. And so we thank you, Lord, that you haven't removed the hedge. We thank you that even if you did remove it, you would still protect us, Heavenly Father. Go on, from, from wherever you are, 
in your own words, just thank him, 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 thank him. All my life you have been faithful. It's all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good All my life you have been so, so
faithful And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am of the glory and the honor Lord we lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name you deserve the glory and the honor Lord we lift our hands in worship we bless your home. You are great. You are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no It's who you are. It's who you are. 
there is fullness of joy. There is none, there is no one who compare with you. I take pleasure in worshiping. I take pleasure in worshiping. I take pleasure in worshiping you, Lord. Say, there is nothing, there is no one who compares with you. I take pleasure in worshiping. I take pleasure.
time one more time with with everything that you have everything that you have i give you prostrate before you in thanksgiving. Our hearts overflow with gratitude, Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We bless you, O God. Hallelujah. You alone are worthy to be praised. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Go on, give God a clap of it. Go on, Go on give him a clap of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 